Every memorable gift starts with a wondrous story. Giving a gift with energy helps it last just that bit longer. So imagine a story from the high seas where Jefferson's ocean bourbon and rye whiskies are aged and transformed by unpredictable and unrelenting elements. They'll taste a journey in every sip, darkened by pounding waves, kissed by ocean breezes and caramelised by equatorial heat. Give the gift of adventure. Give Jefferson's Ocean Bourbon and Jefferson's Ocean Bourbon Rye. Please, sip responsibly. Copyright 2023, Jefferson's Bourbon Company, Crestwood, Kentucky. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist, and today's show is going to be things you thought you knew. And old timers out there know there's only one person I do that with, and that's Chuck, Chuck Nice. Yes. Always good to have right. you, man. Always a All right. So you ready to have things you thought you knew explained? Yes, because we could do millions of these. The- if the criteria is, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you've, get, you've future-proofed this. T- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there will be no shortage of topics, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get to this. I occasionally get questions about the naming of things in my field. All right, and uh, let's take for example the names of the moon, the of planets, and their moons. All right, and okay. had you ever wondered how we get these names? Not really, but I, I mean. I figured somebody looked up and said, I'm going to call it that. <laughs> somebody <laughs> because, I mean, if Right. Because for me, it had been like, you know, Jupiter and then Jupiter A, B, C, D, <laughs> you know, Jupiter 1, Jupiter 2, Jupiter... Yeah. Like, you know. That's because you have no imagination right there. It, well, so, that goes without So saying. here we go. So the planets are named... Uh, they all have Roman Latin names, basically. Right. Okay. And so they're named after sort of Roman gods. You have Mercury, right. you know, the messenger right. god. Mercury is the fastest Venus. moving planet. Venus is quite beautiful in the evening sky. Mm-hmm. Um, that object got named for Venus, the goddess of love and beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then also in the sky we have Mars, which is red, the color of right. blood. So the warrior god got named god after war. that planet. Or that planet got named after the warrior god. And let's keep going. You have Jupiter. Um, Saturn, and those are the planets known to the ancients. And then later would be discovered Neptune, uh, Uranus and Neptune. And the thing about Uranus was, it was the Both first... down under. <laughs> it was the first time anyone discovered a planet. It was William Herschel back in the, in the okay. 1700s. And it was like, all the other planets were just known because they're just in the sky, there's not the person who discovered them. Anyone who looked up noticed them. So no one is on record for discovering Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, or Saturn. 
Right. But Uranus got discovered, and it got discovered by William Herschel. And no one had discovered, and therefore no one had actually named a planet named in modern planet. times. Wow. And so he, he picked a good one. He, he tried to figure out what to name it. And so, mm -hmm. so he did the right thing, okay? He named it after his principal funder. <laughs> That's what scientists do. Wow. Artists do the same thing. They draw in the, in the, in the background the, the, the benefactor or whatever, you know, the sponsor of the painting. Right. This, it makes the, the rich folks feel good. Right. So, uh, so he, he named this new star after King George. Okay. All right. No, that's the King George. That's of the American Revolution. That same King George. Because this is the late, 1800, late, late 1700s. So, and so that's the same George that John Hancock signed his big signature large enough for him to read. The same George in, and the, so, in Hamilton? That, that same, same George, oh. yeah, correct. That same King George. Oh, by so, the way, that King George, God, could he was a show stealer. <laughs> <laughs> he was good. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out where Uranus comes from King George. <laughs> oh, no, I'm okay. getting there. Yeah, yeah, give me, give me, give me a second here. These are explainer <laughs> videos. That's the there whole point. Go. There you go. <laughs> so I have books from that period. So late 1700s, early 1800s. Right where the, the enumeration of planets is very clear. It's, and we know Earth is a planet, right? right? So it's Mercury, Venus, okay. Earth. That since Copernicus, we knew that Earth is a right. planet as an object that goes around the sun. So we have Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. George. And George. George. <laughs> of course. And right. George. Yes. I have books that list the planets in that order with those names. And this was, you look back and say, what the, but what, what, the, yeah. you know? And so, so. God, we should have left that. Oh, I'm telling you right now, that would be the best thing in the world. One day, we are going to get to George. <laughs> <laughs> with our greatest with our of greatest technologies. technology. We shall one day <laughs> set foot upon George. <laughs> 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 so, or we so, could have just so instead of Uranus, I'm sorry, Uranus, we could have went with George's ass. <laughs> <laughs> planet, oh my, oh, planet George's ass. You're going to say it with a British accent. Exactly. <laughs> planet George's ass. Mm. Arse, I'm sorry. I'm so terribly sorry. <laughs> I say, one day we shall get to George's arse. I, I say, say <laughs> old chap, one day we'll get there. So looking forward <laughs> to being firmly planted in George's ass. <laughs> okay, right. stop. That's okay. enough. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Okay, so... It would take a little while, but clearer heads would prevail. All right. And how do you tell the discoverer of a planet that he has to unname it after his king? This is very tentative. Yeah, that's sensitive. Know, diplomatic moments yeah. here. And so finally we landed on Uranus, Uranus, which from what I have read is similarly pronounced in, um, in both Greek and and, and Latin, in, in Roman, um, uh, it, they, it's the same word, mm -hmm. all right? So it's actually a crossover name between the, the Roman and the Greek. That's cool. Okay. Uh, so that, I'll show up later in a minute. So, so, and after that, we get to Neptune. That is a, you know, Roman god of right. the seas and this sort of thing. And then when Pluto was discovered, when everyone believed it was a planet, the, um, Pluto is the god of the underworld and it's Roman. Right. So there you have it. All right. So... You might say, well, what about the Greeks? In the Western traditions, they were pretty significant in what they contributed to all yeah. of this. It's not just the right. Romans. Romans are like Johnny-come-lately compared yeah. to the Greeks. And so we said, okay, in our Western astronomical traditions, we will honor not only the Romans with planet names, we will honor the Greeks with moon names. Aha! Okay. There we go. So all moons 
essentially, I, there's some exceptions here I can get to. All moons in the solar system are named after Greek characters in the life of the Greek counterpart to the Roman god after whom the planet is named. Gotcha. That's... I'm Are you with, with me on, on that. that? So basically, you take the Roman, right? You find a god, and then you say, okay, how's that translate into a Greek god? And now we got a name for a moon. I mean, no, right. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. You, you got, you got, you got almost, almost all of it. Okay. So you got the Roman right. god. Ask, what is the Greek god counterpart to that Roman god? Okay. Now you look at characters. In the life of the Greek ah, god. gotcha. So you don't... And those are the names right, of the moons. otherwise you would end up with just two gods on different two sides Two gods and with coin. two different... Right. And who is the lesser? Yeah, but, you but one would be a planet and right. one would be a that moon, and that be wouldn't right. be right. Right. Yeah, you'd be pissing off some it, powerful yes, exactly. god. So let me give you a list of some of these okay. moons. Mercury doesn't have any moons, and uh, neither does Venus. Okay. okay. And let's skip over Earth for a moment. We'll get back to Earth. So what's next? Mars. Okay. Mars has two moons, and they're they're pretty sorry moons. Just they're, they're like a dozen miles across. Oh. They're not even spherical. Oh. They're, they're embarrassing. They really are basically. Yeah, people are wondering whether they were just captured. I was say that sounds like a rock that just happened. Yeah, it sounds like a moon. It sounds like a moon. It sounds like a rock that got lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a wayward a rock. rock. <laughs> Somebody lost exactly. their rocks. <laughs> so, so the Martian moons are called Phobos and Deimos. Phobos and Deimos. Yes, Phobos and Deimos. As I have read in the in the in the Greek traditions, that's the name of the each of the two horses that drives the chariot of Mars across the sky. Phobos and Deimos. Which, by yes. the way, Deimos is a really cool name. So, Deimos, yeah, yeah, wasted yeah, totally on a rock. <laughs> it as is cool of a name as Deimos is. You wasted it on a rock. Yeah, it looks like an Idaho yeah, potato. It's God, embarrassing. It's embarrassing, but it's all it's got. So, in fact, uh, one of the uh, Mars rovers—I forgot which—was in the path of a Phobos or Deimos, a, a Phobos eclipse. Right, and so, so so it's got a picture of Phobos passing in front of the sun, and it's just this outline of an Idaho potato <laughs> deep within the full disk of the sun. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was like it couldn't even cover the whole sun because it's so little, and it's not even round. So anyhow, let's keep going. <clears throat> so what comes after Mars? We get to Jupiter. Uh-huh. So, uh, Jupiter. It's four. Brightest moons were named, they're called the Galilean moons. Galileo first saw them through his telescope and then described them. But this is, uh, let me remember, we have uh, Io, Callisto, Ganymede, and Europa. Those are the four biggest moons of Jupiter's, I lost count, is probably nearing somewhere around 100 moons or yeah. more. Because every time we get closer to it, we see other tiny little rocks. And what distinguishes a moon from just like a not moon, right. you know, if it's just if it's orbiting and it's bigger than a dust right. particle, is it a moon? Can you be a moon no matter how little you right. are? This is a debate, and I'm not going to bring that up here. But I'm just going to say those are the four big ones, and those are the ones that kind of really matter when you, when you see Jupiter through a telescope. There they are. Nice. Okay, and there's four of them, and they just they go around Jupiter. And Galileo, when he first saw them, he said, "Oh, they're stars." Near Jupiter, and then he looked later on, and he says, "Wait, the stars have moved. Moved." He called them the Gal- the, the, the 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 Jupiter stars, right? And because why, why would you think you're discovering a right. moon? This is a you're coming out of out of nowhere and landing on this information, and so he was able to see that they moved around. They orbited Jupiter. Right. Oh my gosh, that meant the Earth was not the center of all motion. Okay. Yeah. This this was devastating to people who wished it were otherwise. And the Jupiter Stars sounds like a really bad basketball team. <laughs> the Jupiter Stars it really it does. <laughs> it was, it's a bad any kind yes, of team, exactly. right? <laughs> bad soccer right. team. Or, so now let me take you to Uranus. Right. Okay. There was a pact. Uh, 
so as not to piss off the Brits, who are very powerful in the late eight, the 1700s. Yeah. Okay? All right. They're one of the most powerful forces the world had ever seen, particularly with their naval yeah. power. Okay. So, are you going to piss off the Brits and King George? What are you going to do? So here's what they did. Here's what they did. We said, okay, we will make an exception of the Greek rule for the planet Uranus. And we will name the moons of Uranus after fictional characters in the plays of Shakespeare. Oh, okay. I have never heard this, ever. So this threw a bone back to the Brits so that they could rest easily that their king was stripped from the name of the right. planet. And it had, and it became a, a, a Roman god. Uh, wait a minute, a constellation prize. Sorry. No. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh dear. Chuck, that was good. Chuck, that was good. I sailed back. I got to hand it. <laughs> I, I got to hand it to you. So, what are some names? We have Portia, P-O-R-T-I-A. Oh, Remember Portia. Portia from your okay. Shakespeare. Um, there are a lot of characters from A Midsummer's Night Dream because that's a very quite a fantastical. Storytelling going on there. Uh, among the moon names, we have uh, Umbriel, okay, Titania, Miranda. Miranda is the lead character in The Tempest. Uh, we have Ariel, Oberon. Oberon. Right, so Puck. Oh. Puck Desdemona. All, all these moons have names drawn from Shakespeare. No, that, is, I mean, that is really stunning because, I mean, I can't believe that that's just something that everybody should know because it's so... Like, almost, it feels so random. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little bit yeah, of history, it it's, a, and it's fun no. history. It's not science so much as it is just... No. It, it's the intersection of science taking place embedded in our yeah. culture. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now you go out to the outer planets. By the way, Pluto, the first moon was discovered around Pluto. It was named uh, Sharon, or I think in the Greek is Karen. Uh, and Karen is the ferry boat driver who carries your soul across the river Styx Makes to Hades. Sense. Pluto, god of the underworld. Well, yeah, so, but it's Hades. Right. That's the, so you go to the Greek side right. of that. So make a, a long story short. So this is the, the, the origin stories of the names of the moons. And in the very later years, when there are many more moons discovered and you run out of incidental characters in the life of Greek and Roman um, gods, by the way, we had many because they led complex and interesting social lives, right? So there's a lot of characters you could draw from. But in modern times, a more inclusive sensibility has descended upon us. And so now there are, there are, there are names of, 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 of gods and other, other spiritual beings, fictional beings in, from other cultures, not just Greek and Roman when we fully flesh out all the names of all the moons. So that's a, that's a, that's, that's Solar System Moons 101. Oh, man, Jeff. that's I'm telling you, that was really cool. Uh, however, from now on, I'm sorry. I, I have to call Uranus George's ass. That's, <laughs> it's Chuck. That's, that's it. Chuck, we got to take a quick break. But when we come back, guess what? I have more explaining to do. Excellent. <laughs> All right, when Star Talk returns. If you and your grandma don't speak the same language, it can be hard to express your love for her. McDonald's can help. To celebrate the launch of the new Grandma McFlurry, McDonald's is inviting fans to visit sweetconnections.ai, where you can record a video message for grandma that's translated into her native language. The tech will clone your voice, reanimate your face, and translate your words so that you look like you're speaking another language. Check out sweetconnections.ai, then get a Grandma McFlurry at McDonald's. Available for a limited time. At participating McDonald's, select languages available. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. 
That's me too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Every memorable gift starts with a wondrous story. Giving a gift with energy helps it last just that bit longer. So imagine a story from the high seas where Jefferson's ocean bourbon and rye whiskies are aged and transformed by unpredictable and unrelenting elements. They'll taste a journey in every sip, darkened by pounding waves, kissed by ocean breezes and caramelised by equatorial heat. Give the gift of adventure. Give Jefferson's Ocean Bourbon and Jefferson's Ocean Bourbon Rye. Please, sip responsibly. Copyright 2023, Jefferson's Bourbon Company, Crestwood, Kentucky. I'm Joel Cherico, and I make pottery. You can see my pottery on my website, CosmicMugs.com. Cosmic Mugs, art that lets you taste the universe every day. And I support Star Talk on Patreon. This is Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Chuck, we're back. Yes. We're going to take a look at the moon. Okay. We, we looked at the moon a lot lately, but, the, but we're not done. All I'm right, not finished good. with it. Okay. Can, can you handle it? Oh, yes. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. The moon is so mysterious for so many people for so many reasons. And it's so, I mean, and it's so romantic. And you know, yes, there's it's, all, it's, every, it's yeah, all of the above. It's, it's, spooky, it's spooky and romantic. Ro- romantic. It's poetic in many respects. You know, yes, yes, it's in so yes. many paintings. Like, you know, it's yeah, and and it's 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 a it's a fundamental part of the symbol for Islam. There's a crescent, crescent moon, moon with 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 Venus in the sky right. next to it. So yeah, the moon is important. Yeah, very much. And so a couple of things. I did uh, not know that was saying. Venus. In that flat, in that well, in that, okay, it's it's an evening or morning star. Right, which would be, and it, if it's bright enough, it's generally going to be right. Venus. But the um, it's it's rare that there's another really cool star next to it. And Venus is always in the sky, yeah. either with the waning crescent or the waxing yes. crescent. So typically, that's yeah. Venus in practice. And by Venus. the way, it's yeah. really cool to see it when it's a certain time of night, and it really isn't quite like all the way dark. And it's so bright. This, it's called twilight, oh, Chuck. Use the no. word. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call it when it's night but not quite dark? <laughs> Did I just invent something? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. And you know this, this stuff around us at all times that, you know, it goes in your lungs and you push it out. <laughs> and that big yellow ball that gives us light. That thing? Look, Chuck, I'm so glad you woke up today. Yes. <laughs> Out of your 40-year oh, coma. God. Yes, that's Yes, but Twilight, uh, Venus at Twilight is, I mean, it's, and, and you can see it with the naked eye, and it's like, it l- really looks like somebody turned on a light in the sky. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, and, and a little-known fact, because Venus orbits the sun closer than we orbit the sun. Okay. Venus will never stray too far away from wherever the sun is on the sky. Uh-huh. It's not going to end up behind us with the sun in right. front of us. It's going to be near the sun. So that's why you'll typically notice Venus just after sunset right. in twilight or just before sunrise. Gotcha. And so in, in evening twilight, so dusk, right. and then the, the poetic other side of that would be right. dawn. Cool. Yeah. Okay. That's the crescent moon. That, that's cool. So more about the moon. Uh, all evidence suggests and all theoretical understanding of the formation of the moon, helped, by the way, by rocks we brought back from, by the Apollo program Sweet. to study and look at, we get a sense of the origin of that yeah. place. That, it tells us that the moon was that. formed. That's when America by, was great, remember? <laughs> when we did stuff, you know, because 
Because we didn't mind our tax dollars being used to make us the greatest nation on earth. I'm just saying. America. Yeah. You know. But go ahead. <laughs> so we brought back so, rocks and we were able to find out about yes, the origins. analyze them. We realized that the moon doesn't have much iron okay. in it. And a, an object that size should have much more iron in it than it okay. does. So how do you make a whole object that has hardly any iron? So you make it out of a out of a collision with Earth, but it sideswipes Earth after Earth has already sunk its iron to its core. Right. So that so when Earth was molten, heavy stuff falls to the middle, light stuff floats gotcha. to the top. Compared to iron, rocks are light. So all the rocks floated and the iron sunk. Iron, nickel, gold, cadmium, mm -hmm. all the, the heavy elements. They're down there in the right. core. Okay, so now Earth has pre-sifted the elements. Pre-sifted. Now you have a, a Mars-sized impactor that sideswipes the Earth, scattering Earth's crust into a ring around the nice. Earth. That Mars-sized impactor keeps going, but the debris mess that it left continues to orbit the Earth. And the slightly larger bits of this have more gravity than the slightly smaller bits. So they'll attract more objects and they get bigger. And as they get bigger, they have even more gravity and they get even bigger and bigger. And it's a runaway exponential growth. The big get bit bigger and the little ones get eaten. eaten. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> we think over not much time, a matter of months, if not only just a few years, Earth had a ring, not much unlike like not, Saturn. not unlike Saturn, and that ring coalesced into the moon. And that moon was 20 times closer in the sky than it is today. Oh, wow. Well, that must have looked beautiful. Yeah, so imagine that. Just imagine that. It's 20 times wider. Yeah. Imagine like moon yeah, that's, rise. That's it's very like, Star Wars, you know, like... <laughs> You're standing there in the desert and you see, like, you know, a giant a celestial body in, the, in sky. the sky. And you need music exactly. to go with that. And that would just totally complete yeah. the scene. So it turns out tidal forces are very sensitive to distance. Mm -hmm. Very sensitive. In other words, not emotionally sensitive. That but would be good if you too. change the distance by a little mm -hmm. bit, It'll have a big, a much bigger effect than you'd otherwise think on the strength of the tides. Okay, now I can't get over thinking about emotionally sensitive tidal forces, <laughs> where all of our oceans are just like, "Where you go? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? You said it's you, it's not me, but I, no, seriously, did, did I deserve did, this? Right? <laughs> you just gonna throw away everything we had." As you slowly drift away, you're so distant. I don't understand why we don't communicate anymore. All we have to do is talk. Why are you so distant? There's a space between exactly. us. I don't know how to fill this chasm between us. I can't do all the work here, okay? I'm Earth, and I can't do all the work. Chuck, how many hours of therapy have you been in with your wife? <laughs> oh, God. By the way, I'm the one saying that in therapy, not her. <laughs> okay. So, 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 so... Mathematically, because you can be mathematically sensitive. Right, right. Okay. I just want to broaden your use of the term sensitivity. Okay. So the moon, uh, the, the the mathematical sensitivity of tidal forces goes as the cube of the distance. Oh, sweet. That's okay. a lot. <laughs> so in other words, if it just went as the distance, right. okay, if it was like 20 times closer, then the tides would be like 20 times higher than they are today. But no. Does it go as the distance squared? That would mean the tides would be 20 times 20 higher than, than today. What's 20 times oh, 20? I don't know, 400? Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> don't you pull out a calculator. You're on this hold show. On. You're going to tell me what 20 times 20 is. Hold on. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> 
So, okay, you got 400. However, tidal forces go as the cube of the distance. Oh, man. So, back when the moon formed, and it's 20 times closer than it is today. So, it goes as the cube. So, the cube is, it, you've multiplied by itself by three by times. 20. So, 20 times 20, that's 400, mm -hmm. times another 20. So, 400 times 20, that gets 8, you 8,000. So, the tides, the oceanic tides on Earth, raised by the moon when the moon first formed, were 8,000 times higher wow. than they are today. Look at that. And, 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 and look at that. We're trying to get back there with, with global warming. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's a yeah, different problem. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> okay, so now watch what happens. Tides sloshing on and off the shores, there's friction between the solid earth and the moving water. Okay. And so Earth's rotation back then was actually faster than it is today. All right. Depending on how far back you, you go, you get like an 18, 20-hour day for wow. Earth, not 24 hours. That. Okay? So we have a big moon, higher tides, faster rotating Earth. But the tides are so ferocious, Earth is slowing down. Oh, man. Because of it. And in response... The moon's orbit is increasing. It is spiraling away from the Earth. Cool. And it has been doing that ever since. We still have sloshing of tides on right. the shores. Earth's rotation rate is still slowing down. The moon is still spiraling away from the Earth. But much slower than it once mm -hmm. was. Why are you killing me softly? If you're going to leave, just leave. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> 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 oh, by the way, we had tidal influence on the moon. Okay. The moon at one time rotated like anybody else in the, in the, in the solar system. You see the front side, the back side, the left side, the right okay. side. But our tidal forces on the moon slowed its rotation down until we locked it. Right. We locked the moon's rotation around That's the earth. That's why I'm leaving. Because, see, you only see one side of me. I'm a complex person. And it seems like, you know, when we're together, I can only show you one face. <laughs> this sounds like a TV series. <laughs> well, then go then. Why don't you just go? Why must you make it so torturous? I, I've been drifting from you for so, all these years. <laughs> you didn't feel me drifting away? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Chuck, you can't make a whole oh, oh, oh. psychological oh relationship. Hey, you know what this show is called? As the World Turns. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It would be authentically. It would be the, the best, best name show ever. there ever was. Okay. Oh, God. That may be the stupidest thing I've ever done on this show. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, all right. All right. So, anyhow. So, so the point is, we tidally locked the moon. Because we have stronger tides on the moon than the moon has on us. Right. And so, moon just got locked. We slow down its rotation, locked in on it. It only shows one face That's to us. Cool, man. And the other face we've never seen until we orbited it with spacecraft. The moon is trying to do the same thing to us. It wants to slow us down so much that we only show one face to the moon. And the day that happens, we will be in what's called a double tidal Nice. Lock. Excellent. There that's a know. nice dance. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So that's, so that's what it looks hey, like. Man, that, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's not moon that's, lore. That's just sort of moon hey, facts. Hey, listen, that is, that is awesome. I mean, at the moon and the earth uh, locked in a dance as the world turns. So I have to repeat my one perfect sentence that I've ever written in my okay. life. May Please. I repeat it for you? Okay. The rotating planets orbit the sun like pirouetting dancers in a cosmic ballet choreographed by the forces of gravity. Wow. Damn. Oh, you wrote that. That's 
Okay. All right, Chuck, we got to take a quick break. But when we come back, some of the explaining I'm going to do is going to pick up on an earlier explainer video on constellations, but I only just scratched the surface. Way more to come. Stay with us. Seasons change. Why not your gaming tech? Upgrade now during the Alienware Summer Sale event and save on select next-gen Alienware PCs and more. Pair your impressive skills with our advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Exceptional prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Guess who's a Verizon Fios customer? Okay, it's me. You got me. That's right. And I love Verizon Fios because I love having a fiber optic connection come directly into my home. That's right. It doesn't stop at the street and then regular cable comes in. No, it comes directly into my home. And that gives me the best viewing experience that I could ever have. And now for a limited time, you can stream what you love for less with Verizon. Get one year of Peacock Premium for just $19.99. That's a savings of over 60%. Save on all your favorite shows and movies, from Traders to Love Island to Trolls Band Together to Yellowstone. Start saving on the subscription you love at verizon.com slash plus play. Available through Verizon Plus Play. New Peacock subscriptions only. After one-year promotional period, subscription auto-renews at then-current annual price plus tax unless you cancel. $59.99 until July 17th, 2024. As of July 18th, 2024, the price will increase to $79.99. Additional terms apply. See verizon.com slash plus play for more details. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Star Talk. Visit IXL.com slash Star Talk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. We're back. Chuck. Yes. We're going to be talking about things you thought you knew about the night sky, the constellations. Mm. We're going to pick up where we left off because okay. I wasn't done with you. Awesome. Let's see if you learned anything from the first session. How many constellations oh, are there? Oh, God. 48. <sighs> Did I get it? No. 
Chuck. I said, what? there are as many constellations as there are oh, keys Oh, that's right, 88. I got half of it, right? I got the eight. No, Teddy, I got no, the that's eight. not how that works. I got the eight, right? <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to the moon and the engineer says, I got half of it, right? Well, that's you the, got there. I mean, you're not coming back. As you float out right. in space, missing your you're not target. not coming back. I got half of it, right? <laughs> All right, so we said some cool things, I yeah. think, that... Uh, Southern Hemisphere constellations known to indigenous people from the Southern right. Hemisphere would be later discovered by Europeans. And when they named it, they, had or, they were already deep into the Industrial and Revolution. They named them after so they started equipment. naming them not after mythical, magical creatures, but after, like, stuff that was enabling the emergence of a new kind of brain. Like a sextant. New, another level of civilization. Right. There's a sextant. By the way, before the sextant was invented, which was... 60 degrees of a circle, right. okay? There's six of those. Six times 60 is 360 degrees. What preceded that was an octant. Wow. Okay? That was an eighth of 360 degrees. The sky has a sextant and an octant. Very nice. That feels a little excessive to me, all right? You know, be happy with right. one, but no, you want yeah, two. You know. Two out of the 88 constellations are navigational devices that are kind of the you same. You never have two. You know? Tools. You know? <laughs> That's true. never okay. can't overtool anything. All right. So a couple of things. Um, what's in your mind the most famous constellation in the southern hemisphere? Oh, in the southern. God. See, so what I was going to say, but that's not southern, was Big Dipper, but everybody knows that. Yeah, that's, that's the north. The north. Yeah. Okay, in yeah. the southern yeah, hemisphere. Eight thousand miles off. Um, <laughs> I said it was in the north. <laughs> I, no, nine out of ten people say the southern. I was about cross. to say the cross. Yeah. You, you would I not, really was. There's no evidence no, let me of that. tell you something. I really was about to say the cross, but I was scared to do so because one night we were sitting out and you had your, you know, top secret uh, sky pointer. Government issue. And you were, and you, but there's a cross in the north too. That yeah. you, and so that's why I, would, I was about to say cross, but I got confused. Okay. So there's a northern right. cross, which we love here in the northern hemisphere, and there's a southern okay. cross. Cool. But they're really different from each other. Okay. The Southern Cross is embarrassing compared to the Northern oh, no. Cross. Oh, that's Okay? Terrible. The Southern Cross has four stars in it. Okay. It's in the shape of a rhombus. Oh. There is there's, no there's star. No, there's no cross. At the right. transept. Yeah. So you could have just drawn a rhombus to remind people from eighth grade geometry. A rhombus is like, take a perfect square, sit right. on it, stretch it distort out. the sides, and then you get a rhombus, okay? So, so, so it is a stretch to call the Southern Cross a cross. It's a stretch. I'm wow. just telling you. Not only that, of all 88 constellations, the Southern Cross is the smallest. Oh. Your thumbnail at arm's reach would completely cover all four stars of the Southern oh. Cross. It is one of the biggest marketing delusions there ever was. Nice. I mean, I mean. And isn't there a Crosby, Stills uh, song? Crosby, Crosby, Stills, and Nash? Um, the Southern Cross. Oh, okay. Uh, that's the only line oh, I know. Okay, of yeah, it, I, was, I, was, I don't know the song at all, but. <laughs> well, they didn't sing that in the hood. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> CSR, that's, uh, you know. It's a little Caucasian <laughs> for me. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. So, was, you know. So this, I just want to put, put it out there with the Southern Cross. Now, have you ever met people who have visited the Southern Hemisphere anywhere? Be it Africa. Um, oh, yeah, many people. Uh, or, or Australia. And, and they come back, and what do they tell you about the sky? Uh, I, you know, I never really got into it. <laughs> I normally no, ask them about the place they were. See, that's okay. that's how people. How's the clubs? Yeah, exactly. How's the <laughs> you know, tell me about the food. What did you see? You know, only you would okay. be like. And so the night sky. Tell me, tell yeah, me more I'm about sorry. that I'm night sky. <laughs> but go ahead. What do they say? What happens is people visit the southern hemisphere and they come back and they say the southern hemisphere hemisphere sky is so yeah. beautiful. It is so amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and. And so there's another little delusion going on there as well. And what is that? Okay. Um, I don't want to stop you from liking the Southern Hemisphere sky better than the okay. North. I'll, I have no problems with that. 
But there are forces operating that contaminate your data. Okay. Okay? Do you know how much of Earth's land is in the Southern Hemisphere? Um, I would say not a lot. Not I mean, a lot. when you look about at Africa, it's like, that's most of it. <laughs> yes, okay. About 15% of Earth's landmass is south of the equator. Okay, yeah. That's also about 15% of Earth's population. Oh. Okay? So hardly anybody lives in the Southern Hemisphere. Right. So there's hardly any city lights, uh, hardly any light pollution, air pollution, all the things that subtract away from our experience embracing the sky in the north does not block your view in the south. Wow. So people think the actual sky is better because they can see it better. Wow. So I'm telling you that the north has all the coolest constellations. All right, you know, with the Big Dipper and the, you know, and the Little Dipper and the, you know, and 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 Cassiopeia. Some constellations straddle the north and the south. Orion is half in the north and half in the south. But when we look at him, he's right side up. If you want to see Orion in the southern hemisphere, he's upside down. That there's that's, there's no excuse for that. So I'm just I'm a northern chauvinist here, but I think I have good reason for it. Yeah, but the the problem is we can't see it. So. <laughs> I mean, okay. you can be as hot as you want, you know, but if you're walking around in a burlap sack, <laughs> nobody's nobody gonna know knows how hot you are. <laughs> wow, we got to get rid of the so, light. Yeah, so this, this is an interesting fact about it. Now, here's a so the Northern Cross is much bigger than the right. Southern Cross, and there's a star in the yes, transept right. for it. Okay, it's called, and that's an asterism. An asterism is a set of stars that is the more interesting subset of all the stars that comprise the constellation. So the Northern Cross is Cygnus the Swan, the constellation, which is not only those stars in the cross, but there are other stars where you can imagine wings and it's flying long neck, neck swan along the Milky Way. So it's a beautiful thought that there's a swan doing this, but it's bluntly a cross. Now, last thing I'll tell you, there's more, but I just want to sort of put it out there. Um, many of the star, uh, star constellations are all Greek and some latter-day technologically related ones. But some of the earliest navigators were the Arabs, okay? The entire Arabian Peninsula, all those folks, there are very few clouds because it's desert. And so you saw the night sky and you want to get around. There's no monuments. There's no GPS. There are no mile markers. How are you going to get around? So they pioneered astrolabes, which was their version of the European sextant, okay, and the octant. But the astrolabe, they did it first, and, and it's beautiful works of art with rotating dials, and you hold it up, and you can get the angle, and, you, and there are tables and charts. It's magnificent, all etched in brass. Beautiful. We have a collection at the American Museum of Natural History, but one of the largest collections in the world is at the Adler Planetarium and Astronomy Museum in Chicago. Nice. They have one of the largest collections of astrolabes in the world. Anyhow, point is, as an homage to the Arabic role in navigating the sky, two-thirds of all stars in the sky that have names have Arabic oh, names. Wow. This is part of the sort of inclusiveness of my field, where if you contributed to it, we're not going to forget you. Right. You guys remember the little people. That's cool. And by the way, in the constellation Libra, the scales, um, the two brightest stars in that constellation are Arabic names. One of them is Zubin el Janubi, the other is Zubin es Shamali. Okay. Those are the two longest star names of all named stars in the sky. Just putting it out there. And what is the abbreviation for pound? LBS. LB. Right. You know what LB stands uh, for? Uh, I, no, I don't. Libra. Oh, God. It just, <laughs> the scale. It just gets worse. Okay. <laughs> First you go from pounds to LB. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And, it's, and, and LB and is a short Libra. for Libra, the scales. Right. The measurement of That's things. So, cool. so, no, so the sky is fun. We could go on and on and on, but I want to get some basics yeah. out there. I right, Chuck, we got to call it quits. Okay. Have you had enough things you thought you knew explained I to you? Never, 
I never get enough of explaining, okay? There's things I thought I knew, and I'm like, I thought I knew, but I didn't know. Yeah, and the stuff you didn't know that you thought you knew it. (laughs) That that counts. I I didn't know. I thought I knew this, and now I know that I do. (laughs) And then there's some stuff that I didn't want to know at all, and I I still know it now. (laughs) Occasionally, you have to know stuff that you didn't want to know at all. That that happens in life. Absolutely. And that'll happen here on Things You Thought You Knew. Always good to have you, Chuck. This has been Star Talk, a Things You Thought You Knew edition. Neil deGrasse Tyson here. Keep looking up. Okay, but, but do you know what the name of our moon is? Oh, no, the moon. How did that happen? Everybody yeah, has yeah. these so great the moon, names, and we, and we have moon. Moon. No, no, it has a name. It's called Luna. Oh, that makes sense. And, 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 and that's funny because in certain languages, they call it Luna. Yeah, yeah, Luna. And Earth has a name. Okay. Earth? It's called Terra. Oh, yeah. And we're called okay. Terrans in most sci-fi films. Oh, did I? Yes, yes we're we called Terrans. And the sun has a name. Okay. It's called Sol. S-O-L. Nice, yeah. So if you just Latinized everything, we have Sol, Terra, and we have Luna. You got all the planets, and everybody's one happy family of cultural expression and diversity. Awesome. Well... Okay, that was great. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.